Cantos thirty one to thirty three of Book Four of the Ramayan of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by O One Two Three. Canto thirty one, the Envoy. Thus Rama spoke, and Lakshman then made answer to the Prince of Man. Yeah, if the banner undertard by fear of vengeance break his word loss of his royal power ere long shall pay the traitor for the wrong nor deem i him so void of sense to brave the bitter consequence but if enslaved to joy he'll lie and scorn thy grace with blinded eye then let him join his brother slain on meat where such a wretch do reign quick rises kindling in my breast the rat that will not be repressed and bids me in my fury slay the breaker of his fate to-day let bali's son thy consort trace with bravest chiefs of bonner race thus spoke the hero and aglow which rays of battle seized his bow but rama thus in gentler mood with fitting words his speech renewed no hero with a soul like thine to paths of sin will ever incline he who his angry heart can tame is worthiest of a hero's name not thine my brother be the part so alien from the tender heart nor let thy feet by rat misled forsake the path they love to tread from harsh and angry words abstain with gentle speech a hearing gain and tax the griever with the crime of failing fate and wasted time then lakshman bravest of the brave obeyed the hest that rama gave to whom devoting every thought the banner's royal town he sought as mandar's mountain heaves on high his carved peak soaring to the sky so lakshman showed his dread bow bent like indra's in the firmament his brother's wrath his brother's woe inflamed his soul to fiercest glow the tallest trees to art were cast as furious on his way he passed and where he stepped so fiercely fleet the stones were shivered by his feet he reached kishkinda's city deep embosomed where the hills were steep where street and open square were lined with legions of the banner kind then as his lips with fury swelled the lord of ragu's line beheld a stream of banner chiefs on port to do obedience to their lord but when the mighty prince in view of the thick coming banners drew they turned them in amaze to seize cracks of the rock and giant trees he saw and fiercer waxed his ire as oil lends fury to the fire scarce had the banner chieftain seen that wrathful eye 
that troubled me. Fierce as the gods who rules the dead, when taunt in wild affright they fled. Speeding in breathless terror all, sought King Sagriva's council hall, and there made known their tale of fear, that Lakshman, wild with rays, was near. The king, untroubled by alarms, held Tara in his amorous arms, and in the distant bower with her, heard not each clamorous messenger. Then summoned at the Lord's behest, fought from the city portals pressed, each, like some elephant or cloud, the banners in a trembling crowd, fierce warriors, all with massive jaws, and terrors of their tiger claws, some matched ten elephants, and some a hundred strength could overcome. Some chieftains mightier than the rest, ten times a hundred's force purchased. With eyes of fury, Lakshman viewed the banners tree armed multitude. Thus garrisoned from side to side, the city walls assault defied. Beyond the moat that guard the wall, advanced the banner chiefs, and all, upon the plain in farm brigade, impetuous warriors stood arrayed. Red at the sight flashed Lakshman's eyes, his bosom heaved tumultuous sighs, and fought the fire of fury broke like flame that flashes through the smoke, like some fierce snake the hero stood, his bow recalled the expanded hood. And in his shaft-head, bright and keen, the flickering of his tongue was seen, and in his own all-conquering might, the venom of its deadly bite. Prince Ungard marked his angry look, and every hope his heart forsook, then his law's eyes with fury red, To Angad, Lakshman turned and said, Go tell the king that Lakshman waits For audience at the city gates, Whose heart, O tamer of thy foes, Is heavy with his brother's woes. Bid him to Rama's ward attend, And ask if he will aid his friend. Go, let the king my message learn, then hither with all speed return. Prince Angad heard, and wild at grief, cried as he looked upon the chief. It is Lakshman's self, impelled by Aya, he seeks the city of my sire. At the fierce words and furious look of Ragu's son, he quailed and shook. Back through the city gates he sped, and Laden with a tale of dread, sought King Sugriva, filled his ears, and Rumas with his doubts and fears. To Ruma and the king he bent, and clasped their feet most reverent, clasped the dear feet of Tara too, and told the startling tale anew. But King Sugriva's ear was dulled, by love and wine and languor lulled, nor did the words that Angad spake, the slumberer from his trance awake. But soon as Ragu's son came nigh, the startled banners raised a cry, and strove to win his grace, while dread 
each anxious heart disquieted. They saw, and as they gathered round, rose from the mighty trunk a sound, like torrents when they downward dash, or thunder with the lightning's flash. The shouting of the banners broke, Sugriva's slumber, and he woke. Still with the wine his eyes were red, his neck with flowers was garlanded. Roost, and the voice of Angad came, two banner lords of rank and fame. One Akshir, one Pravava, hight, wise counsellors of gain and right. They came, and raised their voices high, and told that Ragu's son was nigh. Two brothers steadfast in their truth, each glorious in the bloom of earth, worthy of rule, have left the skies, and clothed their forms in man's disguise. One at thy gates, in warlike hands, holding his mighty weapon, stands. His message is the charioteer, that brings the eager envoy near, Oars onward by his bold intent, and by the hest of Rama sent. The gathered banners saw and fled, and raised aloud their cry of dread. Son of Quintara, Angad ran, to parley with the godlike man. Still fiery-eyed, with rays and hate, stands Lakshman at the city gate. And trembling banners, scars can fly, scathed by the lightning of his eye. Go with thy son, thy kit and kin, the favour of the prince to win, and bow thy reverend head, that so his fiery wrath may cease to glow. What righteous Rama bids thee do, and to thy plighted word be true. Canto thirty two Hanuman's Council Sugriva hard and trained and tried in counsel to his lord's replied no deed of mine no hasty word the anger of the prince has teared but haply some who hate me still and watch their time to walk me ill have slandered me to ragu's son accused of deeds i never have done now o oh my lords for you are wise speak truly what your hearts advise and pondering each event in queer, the reason of the prince's ire. No fear have I of Lakshman, none, no dread of Ragu's mightier son. But rat that fires a friendly breast, without due cause disturbs my rest. With labour light is friendship gained, but with severest toil maintained, and doubt is strong, and fate is weak and friendship dies when traitors speak. Hence is my troubled bosom cold, with fear of Rama lofty sold, for heavy on my spirit weigh, his favours I can never repay. He ceased, and Hanuman of all, the banners in the council hall, in wisdom first and rank expressed, the thoughts that filled his prudent breast. No marvel thou rememberest yet, The service thou shouldst never forget, How the brave prince of Ragu's seed 
thy days from fear and peril freed and bali for thy sake overthrew whom indra's self might scarce subdue i doubt not rama's anger burns for the scant love thy heart returns for this he sends his brother him whose glory never waxes dim sunk in repose thy careless eye marks not the seasons as they fly nor sees that autumn has begun with dark blooms opening to the sun clear is the sky no cloudlet mars the splendour of the shining stars the balmy air is soft and still and clear and bright are lake and drill thou heedest not with blindest eyes the hour for warlike enterprise hence lakshman heeder comes to break thy slothful trance and bid thee wake then monarch with a patient ear the high-souled drama's message hear which raft of wife and realm and friends thus by another's mouth he sends thou banner king hast done amiss and now i see no way but this before his envoy humbly stand and seal for peace with suppliant hand high duty bids a courtier seek his master's will and freely speak so by no thought of fear controlled my speech o king is free and bold for rama if his anger glow can with the terrors of his bow this art with all the gods subdue gundalfs and the demon crew unwise to steer his wrathful mood whose favour must again be wooed and most of all unwise for one grateful like thee for service done go with thy son and kinsman bend thy humble head and greet thy friend and like a fond obedient spouse be faithful to thy plighted vows canto thirty three lakshman's entry through the fair city lakshman came invited in sagriva's name within the gates the guardian bands of banners raised their suppliant hands and in their ordered ranks amazed upon the princely hero gazed they marked each burning breath he drew the fury of his soul they knew their hearts were chilled with sudden fear they gazed but dared not to venture near before his eyes the city gay with gems and flowery gardens lay where fane and palace rose on high and things of beauty charmed the eye where trees of every blossom grew yielding their fruit in season dear to banners of celestial seed who wore each varied form at need fair-faced and glorious with the shine of heavenly robes and wreaths divine there sandal a low lotus bloomed and their delicious breath perfumed the city's broad street redolent of sugary mead and honey scent there many a lofty palace rose like bindia or the lord of snows and with sweet marmor sparkling rills leaped lightly down the sheltering hills on many a glorious palace raised 
for prince and noble Lakshman gazed. Like clouds of pale hill they shone, with fragrant reeds that hung their own. There wealth of jewels was enshrined, and fairer gems of womankind. There gleamed of noble height and size, like Indra's mansion in the skies. Protected by a crystal fence of rock, the royal residence, with roof and turret high and bright, like Mount Kailasa's loftiest height. There blooming trees, Mahendra's gift, high over the walls were seen to lift, their golden fruit and boughs that made, with leaf and flower, delicious shade. He saw a band of banners wait, welding their weapons at the gate, where golden portals flashed between, Celestial garlands, red and green. Within Sugriva's fair abode, Unchecked, the mighty hero strode, As when the sun of autumn shrouds His glory in a pile of clouds. Through seven white courts he quickly passed, And reached the royal tower at last, Where seats were set with couch and bed, Of gold and silver richly spread while the young chieftain's feet drew near the sound of music reached his ear as the soft breathings of the flute came blending with the voice and lute then beauty showed her youth and grace and very charm of form and face soft bright-eyed creatures fair and young gay garlands round their necks were hung and greater charms to each well lent by richest dress and ornament. He saw the calm attendants wait about their lord in careless state, hard woman's girdles chime in sweet accordance with their tinkling feet. He heard the anklet's silvery sound, he saw the calm that reigned around, and over him, as he listened, came a rush of rage, a flood of shame. He drew his bowstring, with the clang, From east to west the welkin rang, Then in his modest mood withdrew, A little from the lady's view, And sternly silent stood apart, While wrath for Rama filled his heart. Sugriva kneeled the sounding string, And at the call the banner king, sprang swiftly from his golden seat and feared the coming prince to meet then with cold lips that terror dried to beauteous tara thus he cried what cause of anger o my spouse fair with the charm of lovely brows sets lakshman's gentle breast on fire and brings him in unwonted ire say canst thou see o faultless dame a cause to fill his soul with flame, for there must be a reason when such furious tears the king of man reveal the scene, if sin of mine anger the lord of Rago's line, or go thyself his race subdue, and with soft words his favour woo. Soon as on thee his eyes are set, his heart this anger will forget. For men like him of lofty mind are never stunned with womankind. First let thy gentle speech disarm his fury 
and his spirit charm, and I, from fear of peril free, the conqueror of his foes will see. She heard, with faltering steps and slow, with eyes that shone with trembling glow, with gold-guard body gently bent, to meet the stranger prince she went. When Lakshman saw the banner queen, with tranquil eyes and modest mien, before the dame he bent his head, and anger at her presence fled, made bold by draughts of wine, and cheered by Lakshman's look no more she feared, and in the trust his favour lent, she thus addressed him eloquent. When springs thy bonny fury, say, who dares thy will to disobey? Who checks the maddened flames that seize on forests full of withered trees? Then Lakshman spoke, her mind to ease, his kind reply in words like these. Thy lord his days in pleasure spends, heedless of duty and of friends, nor dost thou mark, though fondly true, the evil path his steps pursue. He cares not for affairs of state, nor us forlorn and desolate, but sits a mere spectator still, a sensual slave to pleasure's wheel. Four months were fixed, the time agreed, when he should help us in our need, but, bound in toils of pleasure fast, he sees not that the months are past. Where beats the heart with draughts of wine, to virtue or to gain incline, hast thou not heard those draughts destroy virtue and gain and love and joy? For those who, helped at need, refuse, their aid in turn their virtue lose. And they who scorn a friend disdain, a treasure not may buy again. Thy Lord has cast his friend away, nor feared from virtue's path to stray. If this be true, declare, O dame, who knowest duty's every claim, what further work remains for us, deceived and disappointed does. She listened, for his words were kind, where virtue showed what gain combined, and thus in turn the prince addressed, as hope was rising in his breast. No time, no cause of wrath I see, With those who live and honour thee, And thou shouldst bear without offence Thy servant's fateful negligence. I know the seasons glide away, While drama maddens at the delay. I know what deed our thanks has earned, I know that grace should be returned, But still I know, whatever befall, That conquering love is lord of all, now where so grievous thoughts purchased by one absorbing passion rest. But he whom sensual joys debase heeds not the claim of time and place, and sees not with his blinded sight his duty or his gain aright. Oh, pardon him who loves me, spare the banner caught in pleasure's snare, and once again let Rama grace would favour him who rules our race. Even royal saints, whose chief delight was penance and austerest rite, 
at love's commandment have unbent beguiled by sweetest blandishment and now sir griever rused at last the order to his lords has passed and long by love and bliss delayed wakes all on fire your hopes to aid a countless host his city fills new gathered from a thousand hills impetuous chiefs who were at need each varied form his legions lead come then o hero kept aloof by modest all nor fear reprove a faithful friend untouched by blame may look upon another's dame he passed within by tara pressed and by his own impatient breast refulgent there in sunlike sheen sagriva on his throne was seen gay garlands round his neck were twined and rumour by her lord reclined end of cantos thirty one thirty two and thirty three